Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, Distant Manager Basics for Directs, Part 1. Here we go. We were talking the other day about you know, bosses and, and directs who are geographically located with this, this client. And it was really interesting conversation because we thought we had addressed it, or at least I did. You're probably smarter. <laughs> no, we didn't. No. But we had addressed it in our dis- distant manager basics, manager tools cast, right? But there's the, there's the other side of it, right? The, the direct side of it. We really didn't address it. We talked, we talked about it from the perspective of the manager, but there are two sides from it. And right. this particular person was, the direct was not co-located with their lead, and they felt kind of like in this, this situation where they were out of sight and out of mind. And it occurred to us at that point, the distant manager's guidance applies to directs as well. Yeah, it does. And obviously, right, we'd love a world where the manager's engaging the right behaviors and the direct is engaging the right behaviors as well. And that significantly reduces conflict and tension and so on, which, of course, increases productivity. Yeah. There's just a few things you can do. And I think we may have mentioned it in that cast. If not, we've certainly been talking about it lately. You and I have recently read and been surprised that we didn't think of it ourselves, but but we know it to be true, which is most managers' definition of distance, most professionals' definition of distance is really wrong. Yes. Most people think, if I'm not in the same office, if I don't go to the same building, I'm a distant direct. And actually, a direct will think that. A direct would say, if I'm not in the same office as my boss, then I'm distant. Bosses, though, particularly executives, if you're in a different office, but you're in the same city, most bosses won't call that direct distant, right? If you get the credit for a metropolis, like let's say you've got an office in Manhattan and somebody's out in Queens and somebody else is in Northern Jersey, and maybe somebody's even up in the Bronx or something like that, or even two or three offices in Manhattan, we're not distant, right? We we all work in Manhattan, so it's okay. (laughs) That's what the manager would say, (laughs) right? right? But the direct would say, look, if I'm not in the same building as my boss, then it feels distant. Certainly, if you're in New York and your direct is in London, or as, as our friends at Hotels.com, we have people in London and they have offices. There are people in, in, in Dallas or, or even in Brazil. Um, that clearly is distant. You know, New York and Chicago, Chicago and L.A., New York and L.A., those are distant. Right. Go even beyond that. I mean, another borough in, in New York is definitely the direct feels distant, right? But look, if, you, if you're on the second floor and your boss is on the seventh floor. Well, that, that was my point. It's not yeah. different at all. Yeah, the, the whole thing is, is that how people define it, directs define it as I have to be in a different different office. A boss may say, yeah, you're in a different office, but you're not distant because you're in the same city. But what we've learned and what we now realize we've known all along, just never, ever said it out loud or thought about it at any great length, is that all you have to do is be on a different floor of the same building for you to have what is best described as a distant relationship. And here we're talking about physical distance, um, a distant relationship with your boss. If you're on a different floor in the same building, this cast applies to you. 
If you're on a different managers, if you're on a different floor than somebody who works for you, then you need to go listen to the cast about managing people who are distant from you because it is it is a function of the FaceTime you get with one another and people won't get in the elevators and the people won't take the stairs and people won't do the escalator nearly as often. And the randomness of running into people coming back and forth from your desk and running by the people in the bullpen outside your desk managers makes an enormous difference. That represents emotionally in that part of your brain, which is still tied to the tribe you, you, you were with thousands of years ago. That is what counts for the closeness of we're coworkers. But if somebody's on a different floor and that only happens once a day or maybe even once a week during busy times, and of course, everybody thinks busy times is a time where it's okay. But in fact, just the opposite when you're busy, more communication is better. Yeah. And, and, you know, every study shows if you're on a different floor, you essentially have a distant relationship. And I know that makes it harder. And and we I think we've said before on a cast mic that the companies in the last 30 or 40 years have said, and really maybe only 20 years, have said, well, technology allows us to have teams that are distant. Yes, that's true. Unfortunately, management skills don't allow us to have teams that are distant. The idea that because a team is virtual, but we have technology, therefore it's just a team, is a joke. It's an absolute joke. Virtual teams do not perform as well as actual co-located teams unless certain criteria are met. And a big part of those criteria is communication. And virtual teams and distant teams start with somebody literally as near to you as being on a different floor of the same building. Right. And so to be clear, this cast has value for both bosses and directs, right? For your boss, taking the actions described in this cast are going to give her the confidence that you're a productive member of the team, even though you're not co-located, right? Yeah, huge. Yeah, absolutely. But for you, these actions are going to mean that out of sight is not out of mind, right? And that means your chances of recognition, your ability to get pay raises, promotions, all those opportunities go down when you're not co-located with your boss. And these are actions that we're going to suggest you take that are going to mitigate those facts. Yeah. And we're not just suggesting it in order for you to have a better career. The reason you're going to have a better career is you're going to deliver more results. You might deliver the same results without a good relationship with your boss, but your boss may not be able to hear it or see it or understand it or give you full credit for it. We want you to be more productive. The only way you're going to have a better career, all things being equal, is if you're more productive. These will make you more productive and none of them is hard to do. Right. They'll make you more productive and they'll make it such that your boss perceives your productivity. Yeah, exactly. Both both sides of the coin. Exactly right. Yeah. So seven recommendations. One, we recommend you do phone boss one-on-ones, which we'll describe, right? We, we believe in a good, solid relationship with your boss. Number two, you've got to give people evidence that you're available. It's not hard. You've got to make others aware of your availability. Um, you've also got to make your work available, which is a big mistake that people who are distant do. They think, well, I've got to keep my own work here and there's no way that that person will be able to to see into my work. And so, you know, that's just the function of distance when in fact you can, you can take steps to avoid that. You've got to make contact at least once a day over and over and over again. We find those people who have good relationships with their boss when in fact they're distant. And we learned this from people all over the country, all over the world, that you've got to reach out at least once a day in some form of contact to remind bosses if you want to be crude about it, uh, that you're available. You can't be using mute on conference calls. Now, there are some challenges with that relative to noisy, if you're in a noisy workplace, but there are ways around that as well. You've got to give frequent updates. Number six, give frequent updates. 
And the last one, uh, number seven, is accomplish tasks by the deadlines. We save a sweet little gem for the end. Deadline and task accomplishment, task responsibility, task reliability is a huge part of trust building when you are not face-to-face with your boss. If you're not face-to-face, it's harder to build trust. And if you then don't deliver deadlines to the same standard that everybody else does, trust can be destroyed very, very quickly. So those are the seven. Good. Okay. So let's talk about doing phone boss one-on-ones. Now, I think it was August (laughs) of 2008, right? We published a cast, you know, that answered the question of how do I make my boss do one-on-ones with me? Now, you got to go back and listen to that. But (laughs) the bottom line is you can't make your boss do anything, let alone do one-on-ones with them. So we recommended something called professional updates. Yeah. And basically, the the guidance we gave in that cast uh, to instigate professional updates is relevant whether you really want one-on-ones or not, whether you you want that kind of relationship with your boss or not. The fact is, a better relationship with your boss will get you better outcomes, not only in terms of assignments, but also in terms of, as Mike made point earlier, perceptions of your work. The issue here is not that you need to have a one-on-one with your boss, but how do you get time for your boss to listen to your achievements, to hear what you're dealing with, and, and to assist you with clearing roadblocks and so on? And basically what we did is we said, you've got to give a professional update to your boss. And the fact is you can do that over the phone just fine. In the same way that a face-to-face one-on-one is better than a phone one-on-one and a phone one-on-one is better than nothing at all. We often say at conferences, don't make the perfect the enemy the good. Yes, face-to-face ones are better, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do a phone one-on-one if you're a manager. By the same token, a phone professional update is better than no update at all. And so just quickly, obviously, when we call on previous recommendations, we recommend for those of you who haven't heard that cast from uh, three, four or five years ago, that you go back and, and listen to it again or, or listen to it for the first time. Some of us probably would do well to listen to it again. But let, let us just give you a quick overview of the key points we made. OK, so first of all, we don't recommend you go ask your boss for a one on one ever. What we do recommend you do is go to your boss and say, hey, can we have a weekly half hour update? This week, I'd like to give you a half hour update. And what you do is you prepare to deliver your update to him or her in 15 minutes. And if, in fact, your boss is not motivated to share with you the other side of the coin about things he or she needs from you or what he or she is working on or guidance for the team and you're part of that team and so on, fine. You just ask for a half an hour, which only you only took 15 minutes of. Your boss is going to love that, and that'll increase the chances that your boss will continue to do them. At the end of your 15 minutes, ask questions. Ask for guidance. Ask for help. Find out what's going on. Can you tell me more about this or that or the other thing? And we're telling you to ask questions. We're not telling you that you deserve answers necessarily. (laughs) We think it'd be way better if your boss gave you answers, but we're not talking to your boss. We're talking to you. And we're trying to make a recommendation that will be politically palatable for any boss because we don't know your boss. And so you've got to be willing to accept a lack of answers or a lack of guidance from your boss Graciously, remember, this is not a one-on-one, even though in your heart you might want a one-on-one because you're doing them with your directs and you love them. It's still, that's why we call it a professional update. The whole point of it is you're updating your boss. You're making it easy for them to consume the information you're going to share with them about the past week. If they then give you an update in return, lucky you. It's it's akin to, but not the same as a one-on-one. So 
I think the way to say that is don't let your unanswered hopes for a full 30 minutes crush the value that you get out of your 15 minutes. And look, you're obligated. Your boss doesn't know everything you're doing, folks. Big surprise, I know, but he or she doesn't. And so it's good for you to give a short update. And you can go through your entire career of working for a boss, maybe a year or two, every week, hoping for 30 minutes and not getting it and still benefiting yourself and your boss and your team enormously by doing a 15-minute update. If nothing else, it'll help you put your thoughts together about what you've worked on and maybe where you should have been working somewhere else. I had a, a direct come to me, not one of my directs, but somebody else and said, I use the professional update thing and it really, really helps because mine was always Thursday afternoon. And by Wednesday noon, I realized I was going to have a bad week when I reported the things I was working on. And so Wednesday afternoon and Thursday morning, I did a lot of things that I really needed to be doing so that I would be able to say the right things in my professional update. I thought that was a great learning from the, the professional update guidance we had given so many years ago. Some further guidance in the professional update is, look, folks, if you're, if you're a manager, behave the way you want your directs to behave. Okay. Be responsive, be professional, be respectful, uh, answer questions. If you, if you get asked a question, the, who, the truthful answer for which is embarrassing for you, give the embarrassing and truthful answer. Be ready as well. If your boss cancels last minute to deliver your update, your face to face, or in this case, your phone update as a report. In other words, saying, Hey, sorry, we didn't get it. Here's a quick update and just send an email. So you're not getting a meeting, but your boss is benefiting from the information. You can't put your desire for 30 minutes or your desire for face-to-face -face, or even your desire for phone in front of the value of the team. Well, um, let me take that back. You can choose to put your desire for a, for a phone 30-minute meeting over the value that your boss gets and you indirectly get from your boss getting an update from you, even a written one. But we don't recommend it. Okay. Don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. And if all you get is a chance to send an update, fine, send an update. And after about three months, a boss who's totally blowing you off, I'd be willing to bet in 80% of the cases would say, Hey, I really appreciate those updates you send me every week. I wish some other people will too. Hopefully they'll say it in a meeting <laughs> in front of everybody else. So they'll kill you when you walk out. Next, you know, look, if in fact it's been going on for three or four months, maybe your boss hasn't bitten, isn't giving you an update back, fine, okay. But if you feel like it's time to talk about your development, talk about your development. As much as managers don't do what they're supposed to do, there's not an HR person in the world who wouldn't tell you, look, if you're not getting information from your boss, if you're not getting developed by your boss, please you know, bring it up. Don't blame the boss and then not get into development conversations. And if you brought it up six or seven or eight times and your boss isn't saying anything, then let us know. We, we might argue about that a little bit. Um, something else, too, about behave the way you want. I want to go back to the behave the way you're, you want your directs to, to behave if, in fact, you have directs and you're doing one-on-ones. And really, it goes to some cautions that I want to mention. Folks, this isn't a one-on-one. Okay. It's not something that you have to expect your boss to be taking notes on. It's not a one-on-one -on -one because bosses drive one-on-ones. The whole point of one-on-ones is bosses making a space for directs. If you're requesting time from your boss, that's not a one-on-one. -on -one. It'll never be a one-on-one. -on -one. At best, it'll be a professional update who someone at a bad moment might confuse with a one-on-one. -on -one. Don't call it that. Don't contrast it with that. If you don't get what you want, that's okay. You're getting better than nothing. And it's only taking you 15 to 20 minutes a week uh, if your boss isn't giving you nothing in return. And don't whine about what you're not getting. 
do this because it's the right thing to do, communicating upward, because your boss doesn't know everything you're doing. And the more your boss knows, all things being equal, can't bury him in communication. Don't send 10 emails a day updating him on every single thing you're doing. Just because there's not as much value as you'd like doesn't mean it's not a good use of your time. I think that that's a really fast uh, overview of, of boss professional updates. And look, you can do that over the phone. You can totally do that over the phone. And you're going to have to be more crisp because people are going to be interrupting more because your boss is going to be on the phone and people aren't going to realize that, quote, someone is in his office, unquote. And yet you'll still get a lot of benefit out of it. And every once in a while, you're going to get a kernel of information that you're going to say, wow, I know I wouldn't have gotten that if I were distant and I weren't doing these things. And that'll make it worth it. Good. Yeah, we, we've in talking to folks, this has been quite successful. Those who've actually tried to do this have had great success with it. So I'd encourage you, if this is not something you've done before, I'd encourage you to go and give it a shot. Look at, and not all bosses are going to do it, but a good number will. So you never know until you try. You know, something else, I probably, I probably didn't say it the right way, Mike. We're not suggesting you ask for a recurring 30-minute meeting with your boss each week. We recommend you ask this week for a 30-minute meeting with your boss for an update. Okay. And then you ask next week for a 30 minute meeting with your boss for an update. Cause if you ask your boss for a recurring 30 minute meeting, he's going to say, there's no time that works every right, week. Right. Good point. Because in that, in his mind or in her mind at that moment, it is a recurring meeting with no value because they didn't think of it. And so they're going to say no because the recurringness of it makes it impossible logistically. Logistics can rule all kinds of decisions. If in fact there's no, there's no, agreement upon what the value of the operation is. If there's value, then logistics can take a, a back seat. Exactly. Yeah. After three or four or five or six times, at some point, the boss will often say, like, how about if we just schedule yeah. these on a recurring basis? But you wait for that. Yeah. And, and something else too. I had somebody say to me, it was a conference a couple of years ago. They said, yeah, so what I'll do is after the first one, I'll send them a note and say, hey, what time might be good for these going forward? No, you don't do that either. For a period of weeks, every week, you say, is there a good time for me to give you a weekly update this week? And maybe you go eight weeks and you only have four updates. Look, it's possible your boss is not being effective, not being smart or disagrees with us and doesn't think it's valuable. Part of that might be you. And it might be good to reassess what you're doing. And if you need some help, send us an email or come to the forums and tell us what you've been telling your boss and how long you've taken and so on. And tell us a little bit about your boss and we'll be happy to help you sort that out. But the goal is to give him so much value and to be so crisp. Most bosses, if you have a 30-minute meeting and you're in your head taking 15 minutes of that, you want to be done at 13 or 14 minutes. If you do that, most bosses will be like, wow, that was relatively painless. I thought I'd be here for 45 minutes. And yet the thing that he came in to tell me is done in 15. That's awesome. And look, frankly, if your boss says to you, I think we ought to just make this 15 minute meeting, be thankful, take it, run with it. Okay. Believe me, after five or six or seven of them, if he likes the updates, periodically, he's going to run over and tell you about stuff that's going on with him or her. And that's a good thing. Exactly. So let's talk about frustration I often had. I had a lot of, you know, hundreds of folks that were spread throughout the country and world. And one of the things that was frustrating to me was that I, I could walk around in the corporate headquarters and I could, I could peer in and folks' desk, you know, those folks around me. And if I had something to share with them, I could just walk by their office and see whether they're in their office or not or whether they're busy, right? And I could stop by and have a chat. And that helped me 
feel like I was, you know, in contact with him, that we had a good relationship and that right. information was flowing. But for a lot of folks that were distant from me, I didn't have that opportunity. Matter of fact, some of them, I learned, they weren't doing things that could let me know when they were available to have a chat, even if it was on the phone or a webcam or whatever. They didn't share their calendars or they didn't yeah. have some kind of IM status or anything. I just had no idea. And after a while, you try two or three times to call them on the phone. They're not in their office. And at some point, you just you just give up. And I felt that there's many of them that could have done a better job of letting me know when they were available to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen all kinds of efforts to address this. Some work, some don't. Depends on the boss. I had a boss, a guy I was coaching, actually the boss of a guy I was coaching years ago who had a list of everybody on his team outside of his office. They all sat in cubes outside of his office. And he had a list of everybody's name and and a little slider. And the sliders were almost always on no. But if it flipped to yes, it meant when you walked by the boss's office, if, if it was a yes, your boss needed to see you. And you'd pop in and say, you need me. And the only bad thing was in the beginning, he would go to their desk looking for them. And if he couldn't find them, he'd flip it to yes. Then it got to the point where he didn't go looking for them. He just walked outside his office and flipped it to yes. And it was, it ended up being not a positive, but I thought it was clever and different. There's all kinds of technological ways now, though, that you can do something. It's absolutely possible that your boss, folks, doesn't believe in, in what we call presenteeism, right? That you're present. And he's perfectly comfortable with the level of output she, he or she receives from you and doesn't give your presence in the office or not a second thought. And look, you, you might think at some level, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. You start when you want. You can leave when you want. You don't need to sneak off for a coffee when you need to. You can just walk out. But think about that sentence again. Your boss doesn't give your presence in the office a second thought. Do you think your boss not thinking about you at all is a good thing? Maybe when he's thinking about who to fire, but not when he's thinking about work allocation or contribution or budgets or who to talk to his boss about. At conferences, when we talk about one-on-ones, we talk about using webcams. Um, if it's possible, we love them. To underscore that it's perfectly okay to require employees to use webcams even at home, we often share that Verizon started requiring, a couple of years ago, started requiring webcams to be on from 8 to 5 every day for people who were uh, telecommuting because they found that productivity at home dropped without without somebody monitoring them. The the old-fashioned methodology of manager as... as um, um, big brother, right? As not supervisor, but as overseer, as checker, as verifier of work. And, you know, when the webcams were off, the Verizon staff did less work. Uh, it's sad, but it's true. And I, that's been my experience as well. Now, that's not why we're recommending you let your boss know you're available, though. That's not, that's not the, the factor. But every time we tell this story, people accept it without question. Everyone in the room guesses that productivity was lower without the webcams. And the reason why? Because we have a subconscious bias that people who are not being watched are not working. Whether that's true or not is irrelevant. Bosses think that all the time. Whether your boss says that or not doesn't matter. It's likely, it's, it's not certain, but it's likely your boss probably thinks that way too. The one group of bosses who don't think that way or who would say they don't think that way is the bosses who are super, super busy. But then what they do is use as a proxy for whether or not you're there, what kind of output you have. And if they have a question about your level of output, they'll assume you weren't there and they're wondering why you're not a better member of the team. Exactly. So the question really is, what do you do to overcome this? Turn on instant messaging. Oh God, that scares me to say that, but it's true. It's true, right? Turn on Skype, 
turn on a webcam or something that tells your boss you're in the office. Okay. And remember now we're talking about a distant employee. You, you can turn them to do not disturb. If you're working on something difficult and you need to concentrate, we would recommend you not do that too much. We've all heard of the trick of making it appear that you're in the office long after you're gone by leaving your coat on your chair. I think Seinfeld did an episode of that with George working for the Yankees, and he actually ended up having to sleep underneath his desk or something. I don't know, because he didn't want to sneak out. If you leave on instant messaging, if you leave it on do not disturb all the time, people will assume you're actually not there, so you don't want to overdo it. Well, your boss would be one of those people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Should have been more clear about that. Yeah. Now, look, if you don't have any of these systems, and I'd be shocked if you have none of them, but if you don't, you've got to respond promptly to text messages and email when you get them. Are you suggesting that that folks check their email every 30 seconds like no. one client recently told us no. they needed to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one guy said, I'm sorry, I can't go two minutes without checking my email. And it was funny because we were there. I remember I, it was just last week, right? Or it was, yeah. or it was earlier this week. Yeah, it was. And, and everyone else in the room, all this person's equal, just immediately kind of narrowed their eyes like, no, that's an overstatement, dude. Um, that's a big overstatement. So we want you to give your boss the reassurance that you're available and you're responsive. The fact is, though, if you're occasionally in a meeting and you don't reply to a text message for a couple of hours, but you do reply as soon as you're available, that's enough. I'm sorry, there are only a couple of workplaces I've ever been in where the fear of a boss getting angry because there wasn't an immediate response to a text message. There's very few places that fear is followed by the boss actually doing something to justify that fear. I'm not saying the fear doesn't exist, folks. I understand you're fearful. Okay. But when you're at a distant location, you've got to work harder at this than most people. Because if the boss looks up from his desk and sees half of the team at their desks, then he sees half the team, but he can't see you. If there's something you can do like these things that send that message, that helps you leave him the impression or her the impression that in fact you are there, you are available. But I will tell you, there is a notable difference. There is an order of magnitude difference between the fear that people feel and the consequences that actually will happen. We're not saying the fear is wrong. We're saying the fear is largely unjustified. And the one time that somebody yelled, hey, I texted you, where the hell are you? And frankly, the boss that would say that in 90% of the cases would be over that in 30 seconds. So you don't need to be quite as available as every two to three minutes. And, and we just got done telling the client with a very high profile, high pace workplace, literally one of the highest we know of in the world. We told them, look, try to find 25 to 30 minutes where you can ignore that stuff. Now, something else you can do, you can set those systems so that your boss is the one who, who can get you immediately, but everybody else you ignore. It, it's not hard to set up email, for instance, to only notify you when the boss has sent an email. And you can get 30 minutes uninterrupted and then pay attention to all the emails you've gotten in the last 30 minutes, unless there's one from your boss. And even if your manager doesn't require these kind of standards from you, they're great standards to set for yourself because again, distance works against effectiveness and productivity in teams. In the virtual teams cast, we recommend that managers require team members who are remote to answer emails within 24 hours and voicemails within eight hours. And it's easy. Teams are built on trust. Trust is built on relationships. Relationships come from communication. If you blow off communications that I send you, I begin to believe you don't trust me. And so we're not going to have a team. It's easy 
to set up a rule. If you have a question about setting up a rule in your mail clients, come to the forums for emails from your boss being treated differently than all the others. It is not hard at all. In fact, I'm sure we've got people from the Outlook team that'll tell you exactly what to do it based on which Outlook version you're using, whether you're on Windows or Mac and so on. Another thing you can do to send a message about where you are, it, it seems minor, but I'll tell you, people who are distant don't don't seem to think it applies to them the way it would in the office, is publishing your calendar. Whether you're asked to or not, make your calendar available to your boss. Maybe your boss doesn't check it, but let's not guess that he's not going to check it, and so therefore say you don't have to publish it. Now, if that means you have to think about how your calendar appears, good. Your calendar is one of the most important things you'll have as a tool or as a uh, a lodestone as a as a, a millstone around your neck for the rest of your life. Uh, we just spent a couple hours teaching a bunch of executives. You've got to manage your time. It's the one resource that everybody gets an equal amount of at the beginning of the day, but it's gone at the end of the day. And if you differentially manage your time more effectively than other people, in the long run, you will outperform those other people. All right. Let's make that clear here. I mean, I, I think, you know, first blush, we want you to have your stuff on your, your, your calendar update and you have your boss have visibility to that. So your boss knows whether or not she can get a hold of you. She knows whether you're busy or not, whether you're in a meeting or not. But let's go beyond that because the mistake most people make is that they treat their calendar as simply a way to schedule meetings. And if you're distant from your boss, you have to look for every possible opportunity you have to communicate with your boss. And your calendar, assuming you've shared it, is a big piece of that communication. So for example, it's not just your meetings, it's the priorities you're working on. Yes. So if you're working on Project X and Project X happens to be the most important project your boss is concerned about, wouldn't you want your boss to see Project X on your calendar, to see huge swaths of time being spent on Project X? If you're just scheduling meetings, she's not going to see that. So make sure that you that you share your calendar, but make sure you're scheduling your priorities and your boss has yes. visibility to it. Yeah, if your calendar looks like everybody else's and you're distant, and all you have on there is the meetings. And by the way, you're always five minutes late for your meetings because somebody has to ping you and say, we're on the call. Where are you? People get the impression that time that is unscheduled is relatively unutilized. Now, you might think, wait a minute, I'm doing the same thing everybody else is. I'm keeping up with the things I need to keep up with. Yes, but we can't see you doing that. And your calendar is only one part of the criteria or the the tools we use to evaluate you. If I'm sitting at my desk and I look up and even though three or four people who work for me are sitting outside my desk and there's nothing on their calendars, but they seem to be working, I'll believe they're working. But when you're distant from me and there's nothing on your calendar, I assume you're doing nothing. I know that's not fair, but this isn't fair manager tools. This is manager tools and career tools, right? It's It's not fair what managers do, but it might be effective and productive. Uh, fairness is le best left for games uh, that have very precise rules. Uh, life is not fair, and managers definitely are not fair, and careers are not fair. Otherwise, we just say be fair all the time. The cool thing here is you can do something about it. It's not only things yeah. not fair that you have no influence on. Here's something you can do to mitigate that entirely. Just put on your calendar what you're working on. And if you're working on the wrong things, and well, that's that's a different story. So maybe your risk goes up, but Boy, wouldn't you want to have that conversation with your boss now than at the end of the year when you're getting your, your review? And think of it this way, folks. Not only is it something you can do something about, it takes you from be if you start putting your key priorities on your calendar, and by the way, if other people can see what you're working on and it's an important thing, you not only go from somebody who may be doing nothing to somebody who's only working on the important things. That's pretty cool. 
You can go from a notable negative from being distant to being a notable positive. Look, he's got scheduled time to do the stuff we're, we're paying him to do. I like that. That's what all bosses want. Okay, also, just because you're in a different time zone, don't think this doesn't apply to you. There are some rare exceptions in the world, but in most cases, your time zone of work will overlap with your boss's time zone at some point in the day. And you need to be sending the messages that you're available and ready. Remembering to turn on your availability signal, whatever that is, just before your boss comes in is too hard. Turn it on when you get in, even if your boss is in bed, however you're going to do that, if it's your webcam, if it's if it's IM or whatever. And um, if it's only an hour and your company is an email culture, make sure you're on email for that hour. Schedule email during that hour or schedule it for part of that time so that people know you're there when they're there. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, check out the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums. Hope to see you there.